is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Great day for a great day. Jeff Sheesby here alongside my main aunt, Latino. Aunt, I'm fresh off of the hype of the garden. And, of course, this is short-term high-volatility investments. How we doing, brother? It's almost Memorial Day weekend. I know we're cooking up some hot bets. I know we're looking for some cold beers, perhaps emphasis on the cold beers. What's the good word? People will be listening to this on Friday. Hopefully they either have a shortened day or maybe they already took it off and we're the pregame into Memorial Day weekend. That's the goal. We're going to keep it short and sweet, business and pleasure as always, but it's uh, it's great to be back, great to, to do another edition. I'm pumped to talk a little sport. Yeah, I love that sport, dude, of all kinds, sport. of all varieties. You know, all sports matter, something that we preach here at Short Term High Volatility right. Investments, and boy, do we do we believe in that, but... You know, man, long weekend. I, I cannot wait. You got there. Yeah, you know, I figured, you know, the streets of New York City are alive. I've got my tourist shirt on. I love New York. I got my Knicks hat on. I haven't taken it off. I slept in it last night. I figured, fuck it. Um, but well, kind now of you funny have to anecdote. wear that for the rest, of the, the rest of the series, I believe. You know, that's the oh, true good luck sure. charm. You can't wash anything. No. This has to continue. Don't even think about showering, you know. Just let <sighs> yeah. everything marinate, baby, until this series is over. But... What a win last night. I, uh, and let me tell you, I, I, you know when you have like those dreams where, you know, you just like can't do something, right? It's like, you know what you have to do, a little bit of a lucid dream and you can kind of control it. I woke up, you know, I set my alarm yesterday for, for 7.45 a.m. Between the snooze of 7.45 to 8.45, I was literally having nightmares that I couldn't figure out, pick out the right jersey, the right hat. And I was texting the guy that I was going with the game last night being like, dude, I'm going to be there soon. I'm going to be there soon. And I just kept waking up and not making it to the game. So uh, to get there and then to get the win was was far better than what my mind was expecting, which is uh, which is huge. But it was almost like a first day, a first day of school vibes. You know, I woke up with like butterflies in my stomach, being like, "This is it, we're going to the garden." I mean, what a crowd! I I was able to watch a little bit, and then I was driving, so I was listening to a little bit. Um, but the crowd seemed loud, and I'm glad you could you know contribute to that. What was the, what was it like being back in a in a live sporting event? I mean, I've watched it on TV, and I think it makes a difference, but I can only imagine the in person experience. Yeah, man, it was absolutely electric there um, from start to finish. We showed up around 6.45, got in no problem. Um, shout out to the weather app, Dark Sky. We literally missed severe thunderstorms by less than 90 seconds. So I was watching the app on the walk over, and it was like eight minutes until heavy rain. And this is an app that if it says fucking heavy rain, like that's monsoons, baby. Like, you don't, Dark Sky doesn't mess around. But the guys I was with were kind of sauntering over. You know, we hit Wolfgangs for some steak and martini beforehand. Um, figured, you know, what would Julius Randle do? And he'd go all out. So we figured, you know, hey, this is it. Um, but on the walk over, I was like, boys, I know we're feeling a little sluggish from the meat and the teenies, uh, but we got to pick up the pace. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? The game's in 45 minutes. I'm like, we got to pick up the pace. And literally four people behind us got fucking drenched. Um, so I was like, hey, that's, that's a good omen. You know, we're, we're practicing the five Ps. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. Uh, and we're using data to, data to back our decisions. So we picked up the acceleration a little bit. Uh, and we got in right in the meta, uh, right in the nick of time, quite literally. I, I, I love that. Now, the next question I'd like to pivot to is: uh, Is it true that Trey Young is balding? <laughs> I mean, the guy doesn't have the strongest head of hair, you know. And you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I love Trey Young, bro. He's an he's an absolute baller. I don't love Trey Young thinking he's the absolute god shushing uh, the garden after game one. And um, yeah, way too many Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan like talking head moments that I had to deal with the next day. And I come at that not from a Knicks fan. And you know, obviously I'm a Nets fan. We've talked about that, but I'm, I'm an NBA fan. And like 
I, I get it. The guy can shoot. The guy's a, a scorer. It's a different league. To put him in the in the category after one game and, and talk about that type of stuff, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, win the series first, right? Yeah. And then uh, then we'll go from there. At the end of the day, it is a first-round win, and people on Twitter are being like, oh, my God, look at the New York fans wiling out. They won one playoff game. It's like, been a while. Oh, dude, a while. This is our first fucking game back from COVID in over a year, first sporting event for 15,000 people. We haven't yeah. won a playoff game in eight years. And honestly, New York is New York, baby. We're the heart of culture. We're the heart of everything. Uh, and people who don't don't get it, don't get it. You're not from New York. You don't get it. That's fine. But I'd encourage you to move here, you know, live on these streets for a hot second. Uh, granted, you know, I'm on the Upper East Side here, so not particularly challenging. But, you know, there's a lot of character in this city. And it was uh, on full display last night, literally walking out of the garden, you know, jam-packed, masks on, masks off, whatever your preference is. But, you know, cops were in the street letting it happen. Everybody was, you know, being polite enough. Of Good course, night. there were some obscenities yeah. being, you know, sh- shouted towards Trey Young. But all the cars going by were beeping their horn. I took the subway home. Some guy came up to me. He's like, yo, how'd we do tonight? I had to work. Next thing you know, I'm chatting with like four or five people on the subway, talking about how Randall had the worst first half of his career. But then Rose picked us up. Taj Gibson, the best number 67 that the Garden has ever seen. Uh, I mean, I'll talk about an unsung hero, man. He was getting offensive boards left and right, keeping possessions alive. And he did that in game one, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. not a, that's not a one-time thing I think you're going to see from him. That guy is yeah. scrappy. Yeah, man, but it was it was awesome, bro. I mean, the uh, the energy. Literally, the moment we walked in the door, there were uh, Trey Young chants going, uh, and I don't think they stopped until long after the game was over. So, so you know, again, let me ask you this. We'll do one more, one more Nick thing, and then we'll pivot a little bit. That – you know, probably late in the second quarter, maybe even early in the third, because I forget when they went on their run. Like, what was the vibe for you personally? Were you worried? Were you throwing in live bets? Were you like, these guys are coming back. Let me get that money line. No, I didn't hit any live bets. Service wasn't great up in the up in the bleachers or uh, up on the bridge, which actually is a sick spot to, to see because you're, you're so far over the court. It's a really good vantage point to see plays kind of develop. But, um, you know, halftime was was interesting, right? You know, we were we were on the bridge at the bar seats, um, as was our guy Jay GBI. Shout out to him. Good to meet him in person. Um, but at halftime, you know, the, the, we weren't really engaging with the fans in before in front of us and, and after us. And me being a team player, you know, had to literally yell down at the guys in front of us. So I was like, gentlemen, what are we doing? You know, the Knicks aren't playing together and we're not cheering together. This is a problem. Uh, but you know, I think what was really good was that Randall did get to the get to the line the last two minutes of, of the first half and hit both of his free throws. And you know, it's crazy that something so small like that can just help you find your rhythm when you're absolutely ice cold. What does he do? He comes out in the first uh, first minute of the second half and hits a pull up three in transition, and the tone was set from there. You know, he was hitting Reggie Bullock. All of a sudden, became a huge alpha in the second half. Uh, first half, he was airballing three. Second half, he's hitting pump fakes, step backs. You name it, the guy's shooting with confidence. So there was definitely just a an overall confidence boost um and you know it was a little bit a little bit of a roller coaster you know they obviously we had the defense chance going from the first minute but uh, as soon as trey young hits a half court three the the garden was quiet but then in the second half we were finally answering those threes so uh it was going right back up but uh, i'm sure you guys could hear the how loud it was uh on <laughs> on television man and again my voice is a little fried thankfully i listened to a bunch of screamo so uh, you know, used to screaming uh, left and right here. And, uh, you know, the guys I was with, their uh, their, their voices were even worse. So uh, we came out of it alive. We came out of it with a W. Uh, and now we got to go down to ATL. We'll see if Jermaine Dupri is sitting courtside. Last Hot night Atlanta, we had – who did we have last night? 50 yeah, Cent was there. I think you texted, you texted yeah, me at one point. Spike it seemed like a there. good crew. Yeah. Julian Moore was there. Uh, one of the badass chicks from uh, Orange is the New Black is there. I forget her name. 
Sting was there, Victor Cruz, Justin Tuck, uh, the Jets coast, uh, coach, uh, Sala was there. Sala. And um, a couple others. But, you know, always cool just to see those celebs, you know, putting up, showing up. Oh, Leif Shriver was there for any Ray Donovan fans listening. Um, a couple other actors, so it's cool. You know, that's Garden, what I love man. about New York. It's better man. when the, the Mecca shows up. Is, is going, for sure. Absolutely. And the Nets looked pretty good, huh? I mean, yeah. they're steamrolling so far. Granted, yeah, the nice Celtics to see don't that have Jalen Brown. That, but. I, I think that team, collectively, that squad, at least the big three, right? The big three played like eight games in 200 minutes during the regular season, like a complete joke of, of just yeah. usage and continuity, which I, I can't say really worries me in this series. To your point, Jalen Brown's out. Uh, the Celtics have been bad all year, uh, too much on Jason Tatum's shoulder, not enough depth. Um, but I think the, the even more wild thing outside of the big three was I think their their lineup that they finished with in game one or game two, or at least their crunch time lineup, what it seems mm-hmm. like it'll be with probably like a Blake and a Joe Harris or a Joe Harris and a Claxton on the floor with those three, um, hadn't played together at all. Like during, right. during the year. So they're going to be completely kind of piecing this thing together. I just hope they get reps and they get minutes. You know, I, I would honestly love it to go five and not sweep, you know, rest yeah. is fine, but I kind of like the extra game against Boston just to, to get yeah. reps, get the reps, so. a little adversity as well. See how you yeah. bounce back after a loss. That would all be good. And, you know, people yeah. are saying that uh, Joe Harris, the poor man's clay Thompson. What do you think? I mean, I've been a big fan of Joe Harris. I'm glad he's one of the holdovers from that kind of team they built up out of the ashes um you know and it has been able to stick around you know when he won the three-point shooting contest i think he had a little bit of a coming out party but i'm sure there's still a ton of people in new york and Brooklyn that wouldn't recognize him you know just walking down the street um just so, another handsome it, guy on the street exactly. in new york you know we're a dime a dozen these days baby That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but i think uh i'm glad he's still there i'm glad he's one of the holdovers you know i was hoping for one or two out of that dinwiddie uh lavert joe harris crew um, you know, even a fourth, if you want to throw Jared Allen in there. And the fact that sure. we at least have the one, you know, Dinwiddie still banged up. Um, good. And I'm glad he's getting crunch time minutes. I think he is because he spaces the floor. He's a shooter. Like, I want to see that guy. Seeing him go off in game two was was phenomenal because it's not yeah, just the same old. Sure. It's not just ISO ball of, you know, Durant, Harden or, or KD. You had Joe Harris getting to a spot, getting to the rim, you know, doing some of the dirty work, you know, even guarding guys. I tweeted about that, I think, during game one because – you know, he's stuck down there in the post battling or rebounding because he's not the go-to on offense. Um, so he can do a little bit of it all, and, and, and I think he's a he's a good glue guy, you know, what we need. Yeah, for sure. Now, what do you think? You think there's an opportunity here for perhaps a Subway series? Wouldn't that be something? I think, it, it, I mean, it would be tremendous, right? So I, I do want to, I made the comment, we'll see if they come back in this series to Brooklyn or if it's going to get wrapped up down in Boston. But, you know, if it is in round two, I'm definitely going to try and get out there and get to a game so I can do the next little live report and give you the feedback on what the uh, the Brooklyn crowd was like compared to the Mecca, which I'm sure we can't compete with. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate your honesty there and your transparency. Yeah. I, I, hey, I'm not trying checked. to I'm not trying to storm the city. I'm just trying to win a championship. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, Nets tickets are still available. So, yes, um, yes. At a, probably at a 50 percent off clip, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I got into a couple tips with people, you know, and like, who cares? Right. The Nets are good. New York's better when both teams are good. New York's yeah. better when the Yankees and the Mets are good. Right. It's, it's more fun. And I'll go to a Mets game and root for them, assuming they're not playing the Yankees. I'll go to a Nets game and root for them, assuming they're not playing playing the Knicks. Right. So, right. Um, and look, I come at it from, cause I know, I know like not to make the Mets Yankees comparison, but there's a lot of the big brother complex, the more successful franchise. I come at it from an interesting point and I still have the feeling split down the middle. Like you do, like I'd rather root for the other team or see them do well if, you know, my team's out of it, but I root for the net, the Nets, which is the little brother 
and then I root for the Yankees, which is probably the big brother, right? So like, it's not like I'm just sitting up in the you know the, the ivory tower and saying, uh, you know, well, I root for the bigger, batter team. So yeah, I'm gonna root for both. Like, I don't know. I just come at it with that vibe from New York. I know you're similar, but we don't check yeah. all the boxes for everyone. Yeah, for sure, man. All good stuff. All good stuff. And so, what are you looking at this weekend? Anything you're diving into across the sport? Uh, you know, I haven't had too much of a chance to dive into the sport after a couple too many teenies last like night. Um, but I'm heading upstate. I'm heading up to Ithaca, New York, um, where the weather is supposed to be terrible. It's going to be 50 degrees and raining for three days. So uh, I think it was also supposed to be terrible here in the city. Uh, we were thinking about maybe going down the Jersey Shore, but um, for sure going to look into some bets. You know, we got the lacrosse final four and finals this weekend, uh, and I've been candidly pretty hot when it comes to what comes to the lacrosse so far. Uh, don't have the what, record what the off final the top four of my shape head. up? We we got Maryland, Duke, and then who are the other two? Maryland, Duke. Uh, who are the other two? That's a good question. I can do the Google while you're outside. Um, yeah, yeah. Tough loss, think... tough loss for my uh, my Greyhounds against the Dukies. Yeah, Loyola fought pretty hard, 10-9 there. I mean, it was a, an epic quarterfinals other than the uh, other than the Virginia-Georgetown team. Uh, UVA and UNC, the other two teams here. Got it. Uh, but we had Duke, uh, you know, 10-9 over Loyola in overtime. We had Maryland 14-13 over Notre Dame in overtime. And we had North Carolina 12-11 in overtime. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. That's wild. Parody and just, like, dope yeah. teams doing dope things. I'm pulling for the UVA. Yeah, my buddy Sean Kerwin's a coach over there. played with him. Four years in Mountain Lakes, four years at Tufts. He's one of the most uh, gifted scorers of all time. He put up like 85 goals his junior year. Um, I had the blessing and the curse of being the backup crease attackman behind him both in, uh, <laughs> in high school and well, in college. He followed, he followed along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if he wasn't so good, I probably would have gotten a little bit more burned. But either way, you know, the guy's one of the most winningest coaches of all time. Four straight NASCAC championships. That's awesome. Uh, he had, I think, one national championship and then one as a coach at Tufts when Tufts broke the record for most points in a season uh, and then goes over to UVA and took down a national championship there as a coach. So, so he's already um, got one under his belt at UVA. Yep, 2019, they took it down. Um, so, I mean, all the guy does is win. He had two state championships in Mountain Lakes when we were in New, in New Jersey um, as well. So I'm rooting yeah. for UVA. Um, and, you know, they dismantled uh, Georgetown 14-3, but obviously these four teams left are all nasty. So it should be... Right. A fantastic week of lacrosse, and sadly, my Tufts Jumbos uh, got bounced uh, to RIT 17-15. It was a good game, uh, but there was a— and that was the final four, or that was, a, that was an earlier— That was the final four, yeah, yeah, final which four. is a bummer. Up at RIT, which didn't help us by any means. Going up to Rochester is never a good time. Yeah. I have both won and lost on that field personally, and, man, those losses sting when it's up in fucking Rochester, right? <laughs> if anybody listening is from Rochester, back. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. I have no intentions I'm going back there anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, what are you cooking up? I know you're, uh, perhaps have an NBA pick for us. A little, yeah, little definitely sports an NBA analysis. Pick. So, so we can dive into that and then maybe get everyone out quickly so they can go enjoy the rest of their Memorial Day weekend. Like I said, we're here to be the pregame. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm diving in a little bit to the, uh, the Clippers Mavs. Um, I don't know. Have you been watching that series much following it? Yeah, man. I mean, surprising, I think, right? a little bit. I expected at least one, one here. Luke has been going Me the too. fuck off. Um, yeah. But, you know, curious your take. Uh, you know, Kawhi puts up 41 last night, I think it was, and they still lose. You know, what does this team need to do to, to right the ship? That's definitely one of my concerns with it, and I'd love to hear your analysis in and out of it, you know, as, a, as I'm talking. So feel free to cut me off, and we don't want to get too stat-driven, but, but I think there's a little bit here to unpack. I mean, look, at the narrative level, I totally agree with you. 1-1 coming out wouldn't have shocked me. 2-0 Clippers wouldn't have shocked me. 
oh two or two oh you know Mavs up in the series is a little bit shocking, especially when you look under the hood at at some of that performance, especially in game two. I mean, the Mav the the Clippers were up seventy three seventy one at halftime. Mm-hmm. Feel like they had stemmed the tide. You got the performance from Kawhi. They were shooting better than they were in game one. Um, and I just, you know, kind of expected them to pull away or at least command a, a little bit of a lead in the second half, and it didn't happen. You know, so very surprising stuff overall. Um, but I think you're looking at the narrative here where you have a three seed, a team that has high expectations, a team that failed in the bubble last year. Like, this is put up or shut up time, and I hate to just hang your hat on that a little bit, but it's true. I mean, if this team goes down 0-3 and then ultimately loses this series – or loses his series at all, you know, no matter what happens tomorrow night or or, or tonight now, because we'll be dropping this on Friday. You're probably talking about Kawhi leaving. Mm-hmm. And you're probably talking about trying to get rid of PG. So that whole blow up, you gave up draft picks, Balmer all in as an owner, the, you know, some people are calling him the new Mark Cuban of the NBA, like taking his mantle. That thing needs to get blown up fast. And that's a problem. Yeah. And send him to New York, baby. Send him. Send him. We'll that could Kawhi. be right. The Kawhi Ooh. destination. What about PG? Do you want playoff P? Uh, well, I don't want playoff P. I for sure want regular season. <laughs> regular season. P, but hey, if we're making the playoffs and P, playoff P's on the squad, you know, that's a win okay. for us. So, right. yeah. yeah, man. I think you put up a really good point. You know, looking at just like average point differential per game. You know, you had the Clippers at at, at three in the league. At um, you know, pretty much tied right there with Philadelphia, plus five point eight average margin of victory. And. Yep. Uh, you know, the Philadelphia was, was 5.9, but Dallas was only uh, 2.4 right there with the Knicks and Atlanta, 2.3, 2.2. So I think that is pretty surprising, especially last game. Obviously, they lose by six. Last three, they're averaging losing by seven. So, um, you know, the, the tide seems to be shifted there. And, you know, as the mantra goes, the series isn't over. You haven't lost a series until you lose at home, and they've lost at home twice. So, right. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. Yeah. And you're going to Dallas, right? I mean, last yeah. time I checked, they have – probably pretty close to full capacity down there. Um, and, Don't mess with Texas. You know, yeah, and, you know, thinking even about the Knicks game last night, like, we were joking around that, like, oh, they're going to be better in Atlanta because there's going to be no crowd noise, and that's what, you know, Randall's used to all year. We were too hyped for him and psyched him out. Yeah. He obviously got it together in the second half, but I think it'll be interesting, right? You know, a totally different dynamic of something that we didn't experience all year, and I don't know the capacity of the Clippers, but I know L.A. is pretty strict in terms of mandates and whatnot, so I'd imagine that their home court advantage non-existent, and now going into Dallas, where Dallas should have a pretty good home court advantage, just like the Knicks did last night. I think that's a really interesting factor. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, where I'm ultimately going with this is it's going to be Clippers minus two. You know, I'm going to wait mm-hmm. to see if the line moves a little bit. Um, but I think in that two to three, two to four range, it's it's a pretty safe bet. I mean, I do lean Clippers back against the wall. I just think there's been a little bit too much, you know, craziness happening with the first two games of the series. I think the Clippers have to step up. I mean, the telling thing for me is the three-point shooting percentages. In game one, um, the Mavs went 17 to 36, 47%. Mm-hmm. The uh, Clippers were 11 of 40, 28%. In game two, even though the, the Clippers did play better, as we mentioned, they got a monster game out of Kawhi, they shot 54% overall, you still have the Mavs at 48 of 82, 58% from the field, and 18 of 34, 53% from three, while the you know, Clippers went 13 to 33 for 39%. So what I'm looking at is, I mean, these numbers just can't keep up, right? Uh, especially not over every single game of the series. I mean, can right. they dig themselves out of the hole? That's a different question. But during the regular season, the Clippers were sixth and ninth overall in defense, field goal percentage allowed and three-point percentage allowed. I mean, those are good numbers, good ratings during the regular season. 
they were first and third from an offensive field goal percentage and a three-point percentage, you know, shooting during the regular season. And the Mavs were 13th and 18th from an offensive field goal and three-point percentage. So kind of middle of the pack, right? I mentioned those stats, 47% from three in game one, 53% from three in game two. The Mavs were 36.6% from three during the regular season. That's a game. You're talking about a six-point game and a two-point game. Mm Mm-hmm. 20 percentage points on on the three-point shooting, you know? Yeah, I I feel like that is insane. And, you know, something that was really alarming to me last night was um, Dallas only shot 54% from the line and still won that game handedly. That was the one that that the the game two stat that when I was looking at this and pulling this together, I was shocked by that because in game one, I think they were 77%, 78%. Yeah, and I think also something that is – not alarming, but I think a point of concern here, looking at guys who went off last night as an example here, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. with 28 points, right? And if you look at their position data, Clippers versus assorted positions, they're fantastic at covering small forwards, power forwards, and centers. They're not fantastic at covering point guards and shooting guards. Shooting guards specifically, they're 120th out of 151, 121st out of 51 in terms of three points made per game. So you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., he's just chomping at the bit. It's literally the worst stat of any any position the Clippers are playing against favors Timmy Hardaway there at the shooting guard. So Yeah, and you've um, seen that in, in both games, Timmy Hardaway and Luka, because it's you know, Porzingis has played well. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, some of the other role players have played well. But it's really the, it's been the Luke and the Hardaway show to some degree. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, honestly, crazy how that matches up perfectly with where their their, their data is, is lying. So yeah. maybe there's some options for a little Tim Hardaway Jr. three-point made prop or maybe yeah. a point over prop. Yeah. Or maybe we're buying high and then we're fucking fish, and that's a terrible bet. But uh, I think more to come well, look, there. You, so can hedge, you can hedge or fade by minus two, or you can take a player prop to complement it, and maybe, maybe you get both. You know, I, yeah. I do think – regression is going to happen i think the back against the wall is going to help um do i ultimately think the clippers are going to win the series is it worth a sprinkle at plus 235 i honestly thought that price would have been higher you know when i when i looked at it um i'm probably not going there yet maybe a small sprinkle but i, I do think they get it done in game three yeah for sure i think they're going to get it in game three I and mean, that series is probably moving back to what like one probably get down closer to yeah 110 to 150 you know yeah. something in that range yeah, maybe a half unit sprinkle there on the future. Yeah. And you can always hedge your way out of it because right. it looks like, especially with the Clippers still favorites after losing two games, now going on the road, if you can get them plus money on the series, you can probably get plus money on the money line on Dallas moving forward. Exactly. Uh, and perhaps guarantee yourself some profits. Yeah, especially nice if you're thing. looking at 2-2 going back to L.A., you know? Yeah, that would be sexy. That would be real sexy. And honestly, just for the for the sport, I think uh, really good stuff. You know, this playoff has been really, really exciting. Outside of what the the Net series and the Wizards series has been really, really cutthroat. A lot of close games, um, and I think one of the better playoff experiences we've had in quite some time. Yeah, I mean the uh, the Knicks Hawks game one, tremendous back and forth, and mm-hmm. I think it was the Suns Lakers game two tremendous back and forth you know some of the others have been stretches in in, in and out of things you know mostly pretty good games but those two you know literally teams running up and down the court punching each other right in the jaw bucket after bucket defensive stop after defensive stop i hope we get more of this intensity more tight games i'm excited i'm strapped in it's memorial day weekend baby and i'm watching hoops 
Hell yeah, baby. And that's a wrap right there. So you got Ant looking at uh, the Clippers minus two uh, this weekend. Okay. Uh, also want to give a shout out to our wonderful producer, Emily, who got to sit on the green monster a couple days ago. Caught a ball, I think, in warm-ups, but nonetheless, yeah. uh, super, counts. super cool. Still counts. Still counts. A ball is a ball. A win is a win. A bet is a bet. Uh, but she helps us make this thing happen. She edits our clip. She makes us sound good and other that. So I just want to give a quick shout out to the people behind the scenes. Uh, but anyway... This is short-term high volatility investments. Great day for a great day. Keep betting. Hot bets. Cold beers. It's Memorial Day weekend, baby. We'll see you soon. Here's all. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.